CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city. Stream CIUT at www.ciut.fm. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier with Donna G. On this show, I will be speaking to Nadine McNulty. And if her name sounds familiar to you, that's because she is the host of Caribouni, heard right here on CIUT 89.5 FM every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. She is also the founder and artistic director of Batuki Music Society. Batuki Music Society will be presenting a concert, Songs of My Mother, a Celebration of African Women, featuring Lorraine Klassen, Jelly Tapa, Miss Blandine, and Ruth Mathiang. To get things started in the African mood in celebrating women, here is Sohamba by Sibongile Nene, who is out of South Africa.
soham 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 aloshupeda soham 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 if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The More the Merrier with Donna G. My guest is Nadine McNulty, host of Caraboony, heard right here on CIUT 89.5 FM every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. You may also know her as the past artistic director of Music Africa, a role she played for many years putting on Afrofest at Queen's Park and also as the founder of Batuki Music Society. Nadine has been a champion of African music in Canada for over 25 years, and she's been an ally to musicians for even longer than that. She's joining me to talk about Songs of My Mother, a celebration of African women that's happening at the Aga Khan Museum on October the 15th. Nadine, this is the second uh, Songs of My Mother, a celebration of African women that Batuki Music has produced. What made you start the series in the first place? Well, I think, you know, looking around me in the music industry and, you know, seeing that, you know, a lot of women were facing a lot of challenges, you know, generally in the music industry. But I also came to know through working with many musicians, um, female musicians, uh, I noticed a lot of African women musicians and basically that had come here to Canada. Some were immigrants. Um, others were born here, you know, in Canada or born in other places and immigrated here. Um, I noticed that they were facing a lot of challenges, um, being discouraged kind of from assuming any leading role, um, you know, being a band leader. Also, um, I knew that the female voice is one of the most uh, present things in our society, yet it was never really given the prominent role that I believe that it should have, it should be given. So working with these ladies, women and hearing their stories and also knowing myself working in the music industry, um, I would say 20, 25 years ago, it was definitely a lot harder um, to do it uh, for women. Uh, nowadays, I think things are getting a little bit better, but I knew back then it was just a big challenge and I could see that they needed support and some of the support they needed it wasn't necessarily about money. It wasn't about, you know, it was really about opportunities to be on a stage, to be on a, on a great stage, like a mainstream stage, you know, and, and present their art and share their music and things that they were very, very talented at, uh, gifted. And so that's kind of what spurred it on. And also looking around me many years ago and seeing that there wasn't many women um, you know, even artistic directors at that time. And I faced a lot of challenges and I'm sure that other women all the way along the way have. And especially, uh, I would say for women of color, I think that it's been very, very difficult, more difficult than for others of us who are not um, women of color. And that kind of made me realize that I had to do something to showcase you know, their, their artistic abilities. And also, you know, 
it just, there's something different about watching women together on stage. Um, normally we see a lot of, we see women in groups and here and there, but to have, you know, four powerful women in one, on one stage and also women coming from different backgrounds with different life experiences, different music, um, you know, backgrounds. And also for me, it was also about the role between a mother and a daughter, you know, um, mm -hmm. that was very important. I felt that mothers have shared so much with us. And for me, when I said songs of my mother, it wasn't necessarily speaking only about a song. It was about the things that we've shared together, mothers and daughters or aunts and nieces or, you know, grandmothers and granddaughters. You know, to me, it was the advice. It was kind of the things that women passed on to each other. So that's what kind of started the whole idea. And then looking, um, you know, in African customs, you know, basically women are so involved in sharing music with the society at large. And even thinking about a child when a child is born, even before the child's born, you know, uh, the mother, the first words or language are going to hear us from their mother. So I felt that looking at the society in Africa, looking at other societies, including, you know, one's in Canada and elsewhere, I felt that there's a bonding process between the mother and her newborn. And much of it was done through song. And it's interesting, Nadine, that you said um, that the mother's voice is always present and women's voices are always present, but taken for granted. You are so right in that. And um, Not given the prominent role. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Not being acknowledged for what all of these songs or advices or, you know, cultures or, you know, cultural things that have been passed along. I feel that women have never really been given their due in many ways for that. So I thought by putting this together, my hope was that it would inspire others, um, you know, to serve as sort of a catalyst for others to look and say, oh, you know, um, I want to do something like this, or I'm going to, you know, put together some women together and, and present something or share something together. It could even just be a meal. It could be a show, a concert. It could be anything just to stand together and also to celebrate themselves. Because I believe that women are major con contributors to arts, to community and to life. And, you know, when you look in, in, in particular, I'm working with these African women born in Africa, uh, you know, many of them, a couple of them, like Lorraine Clausen came here many, many years ago when she was quite young. And I feel that this concert will help to shine a light on these females and not just them, but on significance of women singing and African customs, rituals, uh, ceremonies, life. And, you know, not only is it a common element in the bonding process, let's say between a mother and a child, but when you look and see songs motivate 
people. When you look and see women, let's say in a traditional setting in a village in Africa, you will find, um, you know, women singing, they wake up, they're sweeping, you know, dust from the compound, they're singing, they go to a harvest, or they do, you know, grinding a millet, whatever they're doing, cooking, it's usually accompanied by singing by songs. And I feel the songs are not just motivators, but they're also sharing very important messages um, with children, with others that are around them. Even funerals, you know, singing and dancing is, is, you know, happens when death occurs. So I think those singing is not only, of course, it's not just done by women, um, but, it, but the female voice is always present, but it has never been given that prominent role. So that was really the whole catalyst for making me sit down and say, I have to try to put this together. The whole idea also, Donna, was for these women to share the stage. So I would have, let's say, women who have achieved a lot in their career and are at a certain level, as well as emerging women. So it was kind of a way for them to, you know, share with each other, but also for the emerging women to give them that spotlight, you know, with somebody who already has had, you know, a lot of acclaim in their career. And also to see the process, what has been fascinating to me is seeing the whole, like watching the women together, you know, some not knowing each other at all and seeing them together and one saying, I'm going to back up, sing this and the dance and just the spontaneous energy. Let's talk about um, the four women who are part of Songs of My Mother. Um, you mentioned Lorraine Klassen. What a legend. Born of a le- another legend. Tell the audience who may not know about Lorraine, her history and what she's bringing to the stage with Songs of My Mother. Okay, Lorraine Klassen, she's been my friend for many, many years. Um, Lorraine, years ago, I tried to, I said, I want to reunite her with her mother on stage. And I was able to bring Tandy and her to Afrofest where they played together on stage for the first time in a long, in many years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, it was sort of like passing the torch because, you know, as Tandy had told me backstage, she said, you know, in South Africa, you know, I'm known as, um, or Lorraine is known as Tandy's daughter. Nobody called her Lorraine, but she said, however, in Canada, since I've been here, People keep calling me Lorraine's mom. <laughs> and, and that I'll never forget because it really told me a lot about, you know, um, who Lorraine was here in Canada and the, the legacy that she's built over the last 40 years. And not just that, but remember, Lorraine grew up in um, Soweto in South Africa. And Lorraine grew up during apartheid and during a very difficult time. And you know, during daytime, I'm sure that in the schools and with the segregation and all the things of racism going on, I'm sure that Lorraine really had an impact, you know, on her life. And yet the whole musical part of it, I mean, her mother is musical royalty. Yes, definitely. One of the best jazz singers, you know, South Africa produced. And also Nelson Mandela's favorite singer. 
And yes. Lorraine, Lorraine grew up with people like, um, you know, Miriam McCaba, who she calls her aunt in her house, uh, Dorothy Ratsebe. There is just a long, long list of, of, um, of women and singers who passed through their house because they were friends with Tandy. So mm -hmm. Lorraine grew up in that exciting environment in the house. However, outside the house, you can imagine you know, the feeling of uh, the racism, not being accepted, the violence, you know, it just, it's such a, a contrast. Now, when Lorraine came to Canada many years ago, she moved to Montreal. When she was in Montreal, Lorraine built a very successful career there. She worked hard and she's won a Juno and she's released many albums. She's worked with great, great, great musicians who are still her friends today. So Lorraine is just really one of those, um, you know, to me, she's a legend. And also she's somebody who has also helped to promote and preserve that township jive, uh, township music. Yes. You know, that classic yeah. sound. A lot of South African artists have done so much and there are others doing it, but not in the way that Lorraine really, really, she didn't just promote it, but I feel that it evolved also with her music. So yeah, Lorraine is, is really one of those artists that is a gem and she just celebrated 40 years in Montreal. Uh, she was, did a show a couple nights ago, 40 years in the, in the um, you know, and I saw pictures of Lorraine when she was young and it was like, wow, you know, this is, this is really somebody who really deserves to be, you know, acknowledged. Um, yeah, she has, she has fought her way here in Canada. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's interesting. She put in the same amount of work as her mother, but because Canada is so huge and so wide, she, and because, you know, Tandy is linked to the apartheid movement and, you know, she was the beauty queen, the singer who got the mm -hmm. acid in her face because out of jealousy, right. um, Lorraine put in the same work, but she's not as known as much Canada wide as her mother is um, in South Africa. Because of the barriers here. Yes, in exactly. Barriers in terms of race, barriers in terms of um, gender, barriers in terms of just the fact that even today as we're speaking, like her music won't be heard on on radio programs, unless it's on a, on a satellite or it's on community radio or the, mm -hmm. it's just not really heard. And, and she should be booked every day. She should be getting a lot of bookings and she's not been given her due. And it's not because she has not busted. Um, she's really busted her butt and done a great job. She has, she's one who's always there to step up, pushing her shows, promoting her things. Yeah, Lorraine is a really a consummate artist. She is she is one of those artists that is a pleasure. And for me, it's an honor, really, to work with her and not just work with her, but also the little times that we have in between that Lorraine and I, you know, chit chat and as friends and, um, you know, I really treasure it. I do. Um, Ruth um, Matiang. Mm -hmm. um, you told me about her several years ago hmm. and you said, watch her. She's good. She's, she's really good. 
Um, <laughs> and she's on your stage really now. Good. She's been part of Batuki in the past, and mm-hmm. she's on the stage now with Lorraine. Uh, share about Ruth. And Ruth is a mother of two girls. Um, so, you know, the legacy continues with songs of my mother. Um, Ruth, yeah, Ruth grew up in, you know, a war-torn, she's from war-torn South Sudan. Um, Ruth spent her early years, um, you know, she, they moved, her family moved to Kenya. They were in a camp and then eventually in Nairobi where some of them, you know, still reside. Um, that's why Ruth speaks Swahili, um, because of her schooling in Kenya. Um, Ruth is, is, you know, didn't spend a lot of time in South Sudan because of the war. So, you know, being a child of parents of war and traumas and things that, you know, that these intergenerational experiences, because the South Sudan war was going for like 50 years, almost, you Mm -hmm. know, first with Sudan, and then they broke away. And, you know, so it's just been, you know, you're living in another place, and there's so much anguish and stress, and you've lost a lot of family members. So yeah, when Ruth came to Canada, she worked very hard, she got her degree, she went to university, uh, Ruth is a very intelligent girl. She she's worked as a social worker. She's also been a real advocate um, for social issues. You know, she's always been one to you know step up and say yes, I'll come and sing. You know, for different um, causes, Ruth is there. She's she she really has a special voice, and you know, Ruth Ruth has is written. She did one album, of course, you know, with all the challenges being, you know, in this city, living in Toronto, you know, you have kids and, you know, Ruth now is a single mom. It's challenging, you know, to even get up there and be able to do music and be able to do things because you're working full time, you're taking care of children, you're, you're basically, you know, life is hard. But Ruth has a very special talent. Her voice is absolutely beautiful. And Ruth, how would you describe her, her style, Nadine? Okay. I would call it like she draws upon some of the, I would say, I would call it East African sound, but I, I, but Ruth has always mixed like pop, I would say gospel because Ruth also you know, originally had, there's a beautiful gospel song that Ruth did uh, called Shangile. She's going to be presenting that at the concert. And it's a gospel song. And Ruth's father is a pastor. And Ruth grew up in a, you know, with a, a religious family. So I would say her music really combines an East African sound because growing up in Nairobi, you're exposed to a lot there. Um, not just music from Kenya, but Tanzania, music from South Sudan, music from Ethiopia, like the whole areas, Somalia, um, Rwanda, all those areas that are surrounding. Um, it kind of, there is a sound in East Africa and she kind of has that, but she's also, Ruth does, Ruth loves people like Sade. you know, Ruth loves a lot of um, different styles of music. I would say she loves R&B, she likes Afrobeat, she likes hip-hop, um, reggae, Ruth loves reggae, um, okay. but I would call her music 
to me, it has an East African sound. And it's not just the lyrics because mostly she's singing in Swahili, um, key Swahili. Her, her original language is Nuer. Um, she's actually a cousin to Emmanuel Jal. They're, they're related. Um, so she's, her language is Nuer, but she sings in Swahili. That's the language she's comfortable in. She also sings in English. Okay. Ruth came here fairly young. And remember, Ruth came here alone. You know, when Ruth came here, she was alone in the East Coast. I believe she was in PEI, I think, um, doing her university. Um, so, yeah, her music is a real difficult to nail down. But for me, when I hear it, to me, I just call it East African music because it has that sound that pulls, especially the Kenyan sound. Okay. Now, um, there's a singer from an area in Africa whose music, an area that um, has a lot of uh, female musicians and a lot of musicians in general that I I love, and that's Mali. Of course. And but (laughs) Jelly Tapa. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about Jelly Jelly Tapa. Okay. Her real name is Suntungumba Jara. Uh, Her nickname is Tapa. Um, and jelly, she's calling herself jelly tapa because jelly, of course, is the word for griot. Yes. Um, yeah. And she's, of course, ascended from a long line. And, you know, her mother is probably my greatest, one of my greatest, greatest inspiration in terms of music. Her mother is Candia Kuyate. And Candia Kuyate is a legendary mending singer. They're from Kays, Kays Mali. And Candia Kuyate, I've been listening to her for years. And when I first met Tapa, when she arrived in Canada, she was, this is years ago, um, she called me, I believe, out of the blue. She got my phone number and called me. And we had this really funny discussion about griots because she said to me, hi, you know, type thing, like I'm a griot. And um, I don't know what griots do here in Canada. So, you know, what can I do here? And so I was telling her, well, you know, you can do celebrations, you can even perform on concert stages and, you know, basically like what you were doing back home. So when I heard her sing the first time, I, I just heard that voice and I said, that's Candio Kuyate. And I was blown away when I found out that was her mother. Oh, and, you know, I was completely in awe. And I, I gave Tapa, I think, her first show in Canada. And there was a, I was, I was uh, putting together a funeral for uh, Abubakar Jabate, a chorus player from Montreal. We were going to acknowledge him here in Toronto and raise a little money to send to his family. And I invited her from Montreal to come and sing in the Now Lounge, that tiny little Now Lounge. And she came and I brought a couple of musicians to accompany her. And I mean, her voice was just stunning. And then after that, I brought her to Afrofest. I started working with her, putting her on, you know, in concerts. And, you know, one thing about Tapa, her father also is a very legendary dancer. Um, So Tapa has also, not only is she a great singer, um, she's also an amazing dancer. Uh, So she's incorporated from both of her, you know, I would say she's another one for musical royalty. 
you know, an, another daughter born. And her mother was very important to her in her life. She, they've shared a lot together. Uh, Tapa's mother had a stroke, unfortunately, I think five years ago. And we didn't think she would ever sing again. Well, she's back and she's singing and she recovered somewhat. Her voice changed because I can hear her mom's voice is a little bit different than it was before. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when I first brought Tampa to Afrofest, I wanted her to bless and open the stage. And I remember, I think it was Opio, Opio Loya. Yeah, he came running up to me and he was shouting, oh my gosh, that sounds like Candio Kuyate. And I said, that's, that's her daughter. And, you know, it was just so wonderful to know that Tapa had the same voice as her mother and her mother's voice is a bit different, but you know, it's the same story as you said earlier, Donna in Mali. Yes. Maybe Tapa would have been on the same, you know, level field as her mother, but here in Canada, again, the struggle. Mm -hmm. you know, um, being a woman in the industry and also um, an African woman and having, you know, all those racial barriers, language barriers, everything. Yeah. Um, but Tapa is really a very special artist. And um, I, I've always believed in her and I call her my griot. That's my griot. Okay. Um, and Tapa always sings for me. You know, when I went to Montreal a couple of summers ago at a festival, I just met her there and she started singing in front of me, um, you know, and uh, I just can't tell you how special she is to me. To me, she's like a daughter. Okay. You know, she calls me mom and I just feel like she's like a daughter to me. I always, I always try to keep an eye and see what I can do to make things better for her. Now, uh, Miss Blondine, Um, I met through, not met, met virtually <laughs> through uh, the Habari Festival. Mm -hmm. And um, she's very high energy. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So how did you a beautiful meet? voice. Yes. It? How did you meet Miss Ms. Okay. Blondine? Another story. I think Blondine was 15. I saw Blondine one day. I was at the Stone Church on um, DuPont. And there was a Congolese uh, church service and I was at the service and this girl came on out to the stage because the Congolese, of course, sing and dance in their sing church. Sing and dance. Of and course. That was another reason <laughs> I was going to the church because I would love the music. And there was one particular pastor, Kashe Kashala, who I really love. And he, he just had the best voice and they would dance and sing. And all of a sudden this girl came on the stage. And I heard her voice and I was just like, I literally was floored. She was singing a gospel song and I think she was 15 or 16. It's right after, I think shortly after she had arrived in Canada with her mother. And um, I ran to Kashe and some of the musicians and I said, who is that girl? And they're saying, oh, that's Ms. Blandine. I think even back then they were calling her Ms. Blandine. And, um, <laughs> And so, you know, Blandine told me a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting and she said, you know, those guys never even told me to connect me with you. <laughs> and and um, we just met each other long ago. And um, I've always believed in Blandine. I, I believe that she has what it takes to get 
to the top. And I also feel her voice is so special. I have a great love for Congolese music and, um, and Billy Abel, of course, her musical mentor, the mm-hmm. person who she joined on stage and toured with. Um, you know, even Taboule, the famous band Afriza, invited Blandine on their tours. Um, she played kind of the role of a Billy Abel. Um, Blandine has branched out. She's got her album. She writes her own music. She is just a really, really well put together artist in terms of everything. She can do her own composing. She she really is is doing a great job fighting out there in the industry. And she's getting some due in Africa. Africans are paying attention to her. She's done quite well in West Africa. Um, she went there. We were at Massa together in Ivory Coast a couple years ago. And she went from there and she ended up spending almost a year, a year and a half in Africa and touring. And, you know, so... I have a lot of hope for her. And I thought these women, kind of the four of them, they're coming from different regions of the continent. So it's kind of like covering different musical genres, covering regions, covering different languages. You know, because Lorraine sings in like five or six languages. Oh, yeah. Um, Tapa, probably three. Uh, Blandine can sing in probably four languages. Ruth, three. Um, You know, so... It just brings so much, so much, um, you know, diversity in where they're coming from and also their experiences as artists. So for me, this whole concert is to shine light on on the talents that these women possess, but also to feature a variety of musical genres coming from different regions of the continent. And at the Aga Khan Museum. Yes. And I, one quick thing I want to mention is the band that I put together for this group is incredible. I mean, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be as good on the stage for this show if it wasn't for the musicians that I've been working with to put this together. You know, Kofi Aka on the drums. Um, I've got McDean Moyo, who's from the legendary group Makumba, a Zimbabwean group. He's moved recently to Canada. He's on keys. Tetch Maretza on rhythm. Asan Sek, one of the top guitarists in Canada from Senegal on guitar. Um, we've also got Dali on bass and um, Walter McLean on congas, on djembe, and Jelly Mori Tunkara on the kora because you can't have a griot like jelly without a cora without a cora <laughs> that's right um, so they they come together and um so i'm excited because when we were listening to the rehearsals um even lorraine said after her rehearsal she said wow i and now i have my band here you know mm-hmm. now she doesn't have to import musicians any longer from here or there she felt so happy with the way it sounded um, and they they're they're really doing a good job because it's very difficult to play, you know, Congolese music and play township music and then play, uh, you know, Manding music, and then to go ahead and play just East African music, you know, none of them there are from East Africa, but it's amazing how they've they've really nailed it down, and I'm very proud of them. And the musicians that are backing them are very supportive. As I've told them, this is the ladies' show. And so I'm very grateful that these men uh, that are on stage are taking a back seat 
when they are all, you know, there's Juno winners on that stage. There's, there's mega artists there, but they're taking, letting these women shine by making them sound so good. And for me, I feel very grateful and happy for that because that could have been a different energy, you know, getting musicians and saying, oh yeah, you're the great musician, but guess what? You don't speak on the stage. You're not going to be singing. You're not going to be in the forefront. It's these four ladies. So I'm grateful that we have a great pool of musicians who Mm -hmm. understand and also want to support them even to tell me, oh, do we have another one? And I'm like, yeah, I already have two more now, um, Donna, for my next show. Okay. Uh, I've, I've recently discovered in the last, I would say, three months, two women who I believe are really worthy of a show of this, you know, this kind of magnitude to have them placed on a stage like that in a great place. Um, so, so yeah. to be continued, I think my mother. Yeah. I think it'll yeah. keep going. Mm-hmm. So, so songs of my mother, Lorraine Klassen, Jelly Tapa, Miss Blandine, Ruth Matiang. And this is Friday, October the 15th, 8 PM yes. at the Aga Khan museum. And the ticket prices include same day museum admission. And, uh, for more information, where can they go? Uh, okay, they can go to the Agacon Museum site, or they can go to the BatukiMusic.com site. They can see on Facebook if they're a Facebook friend, or they can find it on Facebook. We've got the event page, and uh, the reason why we're the tickets are very limited because of COVID, and we want to make sure that it's a very safe environment. So we're only allowing seventy people inside for the live concert. Mm-hmm. Um, we are hoping that we will be live streaming it. And that will be for free. And I will be giving more info on that as we lock down streaming service and stuff, um, because we want everybody to be able to enjoy it. It's not about just getting people in the room and getting money. It's about letting people see what wonderful talent is there and, um, you know, inspiring other women. So the seats are general admission, so they can get their tickets through EGACON. You also have to prove uh, the proof of vaccination to enter the, attend the event. And this is only our, I think, second event. Our, it's our first indoor event that we've done since COVID. So we're looking yeah. forward to being there with, live with people in the room. It'll be just wonderful. I hope we can see um, you know, some of our friends and also some new audience there. Wonderful. Nadine, thank you so much for joining me and sharing about this event, Songs of My Mother, October 15th. Thank you, Nadine. I want to thank you, Donna, for um, reaching out and for this promotional opportunity. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Well, you've heard the interview. Now let's hear some music. Let's start off with the Queen herself, Lorraine Klassen and Baya Silandela.
on a campé, Haïtien a campé tout le temps. Les combats ont fait pour le campé, les bébés nous pour nous avancer. Bagayon est pour changer un jour, pour les bébés pour nous avancer. L'autre côté, on va parler à moi, nous nous avons fait, nous nous avons fait. Information again for tickets to Songs of My Mother. Friday, October 15th, 8 p.m. Please arrive early at 7.15 when the doors open. That gives them a chance to check everybody's vaccination passport and ID before the show starts at 8 p.m. You can get tickets through the Batuki Music Facebook page or batukimusic.com and also through the Aga Khan's website, agakhanmuseum.org. The Aga Khan is located at 77 Winford Drive in Toronto. Now let's hear from Miss Blondine with Africa Mokili Mokimba. Ben Abomaye, Ben Mayome, Ey Mongalaye, Ey Kwa 
mingi babina musique africa Africa Il a abaneri l'Afrique en jazz accompagné Balingi babina musique africa Africa Il a abaneri l'Afrique en jazz accompagné Africa. 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 
That was Jelly Tapa with Amu Famu, and before that, you heard from Ms. Blondine. Coming up next is Celebration by Ruth Mathiang, and then Lorraine Klassen with Baba Lazi to end the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can reach me on my socials at TMTM with Donna G on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Shangili-ye-ni-bwana, 
la 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 I woke up one morning and realized that I was new A savior was born in my sins, he washed away Wonderful counselor, mighty God a savior is still a celebrate him today. Shangili ni bana, Shangili ni bana, Shangili ni bana. Amesha zaliwa, Shangili ni bana, Shangili ni bana, Shangili ni bana. Amesha zaliwa. I woke up one morning and realized that I was new A savior was born in my sins, he washed away Wonderful counsel, almighty God a savior is here, let's celebrate him today. Aya, 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 Shangili, Nibana. Shangili, Nibana. Shangili, Nibana. Amesha Zaliwa. Shangili, Nibana. Shangili, Nibana. Shangili, Nibana. Amesha Zaliwa. Shangili, Shangili, Let's celebrate our God, let's celebrate our God, let's celebrate our God, for He's born, He's born today. Shangili ye ni wana, Shangili ye ni wana.